Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas! Oh, you gonna be all right? everyone welcome to another episode of the best damn podcast on the interwebs it's them damn enchiladas the podcast where shenanigans hijinks surrounding horror movies video games television comic books and beer come early and often i am carlos rivera my partners adam griffin and the third rob christie follow us on the red hot twitter machine handles in the show notes and the show at it's them damn and on instagram at it's them damn enchiladas podcast gentlemen how are we today well, oh boy, I, I, I've been in the house too damn long. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was officially a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, I last time I left the house was March eighteenth, two thousand twenty. Like farther than my mailbox. So yeah, I'm hanging in there. It's interesting times. Uh, how's everybody else? Also, pretty pretty over being isolated. It's one thing when it's my choice to be isolated. It's quite another when it's like, hey, do this so you don't, you know, kill people or yourself. Hmm. Well, I am now under ten day quarantine. Someone at my location got COVID, so I'm back to being quarantined after you know. That's great. Good times. One year, and we're still doing this nonsense. Yeah, but this vaccines fine. are coming. Happy one year yeah. anniversary! So, so yeah. Once once we get those vaccines, we hit up Oktoberfest again. Good times. Ah. Yes. So Rob. Oh, here we go. Hi. We're, we're just gonna we're just gonna we're go just right, gonna into right into it. 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 We we uh, for new listeners. Hi, hello. Thank you for listening. We're in the middle of It's the Damn Enchiladas, the podcast presents It's the Damn Enchiladas History of Horror. Uh, we, we brought uh, Rob III's Christie in the third seat into the fold and taking him to trip through the horror genre. Um, not necessarily a, a chronological trip through horror, but, you know, themes, uh, practical effects, things of that nature that we uh, we enjoy it here at It's Some Damage Lot. It's the podcast. So, the, the, the best damn podcast on the interwebs, by the way. The, the best damn podcast on the interwebs dedicated to one Roy Burns and uh, Miguel A. Nunez Jr.'s stellar performance in Friday 13, Part 5, A New Beginning as Demon. Yes. If you want to get technical. So, Rob. Uh, you you had two movies to watch uh, for this this installment, and what were those movies? Those movies were Hereditary oh. and Midsummer. Oh, Mid Midsummer. Oh, Midsommar. really? Were those the two movies you had to watch this week? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Right. So, uh, uh, which movie did you watch first? I watched Hereditary first. You watched Hereditary first. Okay. Oh, uh, oh boy. Yeah, this, uh, <laughs> yeah. this is the moment where I, I tell Rob to put the notebook to the side. Um, oh, hang on. I got to uncover it. It's actually gotten just buried under random bull crap. Yeah. So. Yes, he just, he just uh, for those who are listening, uh, since you cannot see what just happened, he threw his notebook to the side. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> Rob, um, when we last left you, um, uh, due to your uh, your ill fortune in guessing who picked your movies last time, um, you are now negative three points. Um, so to get you back to zero, um, which one of these movies would have made a perfect double feature with The Exorcist? Oh, that's 
That's an interesting question, but I have to lean towards hereditary. Good job, you're at zero points. You've gotten that wrong. So here's my kind of well, here's my issue with that. With this is my issue with that question, Rob. But you got it right, so I guess I won't say what the ah, no go that's ahead. A very Just, arbitrary question for right right or wrong answer. Well, it is and it isn't since they both involve spoiler alert for anybody but, listening. Since no. they both involve possession. Yes. I suppose. You can suppose, but Rob's also correct. So, <laughs> you, know, you, you can make the other you, argument as you much really, as you want. You really do need to leave the house eventually. <laughs> I'm aware of this. Okay. So, so Rob. So, Rob. Uh, let's start with hereditary. Uh, remember, the usual rules apply. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't need a, a detailed account of the movie, we don't need scene by scene. Uh, 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 recollections. Uh, uh, you will get negative points if you sl- uh, slide into a uh, Wikipedia recitation. So, with that, have fun. What do you think? <laughs> was so, have, fun. have fun. Definitely not. Not fun was not had. Not in the not in any traditional sense. So the recording previous to this, uh, I was very rude to both of my co-hosts. And so I decided this week there would have to be some penance paid. Uh, and my penance was I went against the advice of both Carlos and Adam. And I watched both these movies at night. <laughs> and uh, I one of them was fine. However, Hereditary, I desperately wish I had watched under the power of sunlight because goddamn. OK. What stood out about Hereditary? A lot of things, but like I said, we don't, we're not here for a book report, so um, the mother going going uh, completely just opening up to the, uh, to the support group about all the horrible shit that happened to her mother, and how it just like, she's just like, well, you know, this thing happened to her, and then she just kept going, and I was like, holy shit, no wonder your relationship was strained, good God. Uh, but I feel like any discussion about hereditary, where especially if you're talking about, I was going to say highlights, but that does not seem like, uh, like the right word here. Uh, poor, poor Charlie. (laughs) Oh, that was her, her death scene was so, uh, easily by far the worst thing I've seen in any of the movies that I have watched so far for it's some damage a lot of history of horror. And we saw someone get sawed vertically down the middle. And yeah. this was so much worse than that. Yeah. Like to the point where, and y'all won't be able to see this, but I, I sat with my hands on my face for like the next five to 10 minutes of the movie. Cause I was just, just genuinely horrified that that happened. It's like, God, uh, this is the part where I look at Carlos and I say, "Mission accomplished, <laughs> dude." Yeah, like, that was. Listen, oh. when I saw that movie for the first time, <laughs> it's just like a like, it's so bad. It's just like a dog it's, just hanging. It's like a dog just getting air out the window. <laughs> she's just she's just trying to breathe, and then all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh shit, dead deer in the road." Oh shit, telephone pole. Oh, oh shit, shit. <laughs> and it gets worse. Like you just, have to just, be a really good bad driver to pull that off, though. You know, <laughs> to like swerve to miss, right? But then swerve enough that you don't hit the pole, but your sister's head does. Your sister's head does. <laughs> oh my god! And I'm still not sure which which part of this was worse. I mean, obviously, there's the incredibly shocking moment where you actually see her head hit the telephone pole and get knocked off into the into the ditch, or. Uh, her brother being so understandably so fucked up by it that instead of thinking, oh, I probably should call, you know, the police or an ambulance or something, he's just so, so completely broken by what just happened that he just drives the car home with her headless body in the back and leaves it there for uh, their mother to find the next morning. Well, he is also high as fuck. Yeah. How hard do you think that would get ruined by that? Listen, um, speaking from, well, from what I've... Please don't from, say speaking from experience. From what I've, from what I've heard from other people. Um, 
there are there there can be times when you are high where you do, you do lose track of reality, and things don't seem to be happening that you think are happening. So he could have been, you know, on his behalf, like on his defense, he may have thought that he was like freaking out, paranoid, and thought that happened, but it really didn't happen. I uh, let's just never be in that position. Let's let's just. I'm not. just saying because a, no, a normal person probably doesn't. I'm just like but trying just, to. Have, Hell. Now I'm trying to imagine what it would be like to be that shocked and horrified by something, but also super high. And now I'm just like, no, that would probably ruin that for me forever. Yep. So to to say that Hereditary is very much a movie where uh, intense personal trauma is like a running theme is I feel like putting it very mildly. Oh God, that and that scene has such a such a massive presence in my brain. That now I'm like, wait, what happened after that? Because I'm just, I don't want to just sum it up and a bunch of fucked up shit happened. Despite the fact that you could reasonably summarize the movie that way. But, um, needless to say, Charlie's mother is not well after that. Uh, there's a lot of really intense, awkward moments. And then she meets, uh, the seance lady. Who somehow convinces her who they actually actually the first time she met seance lady was uh, outside of the support meeting if i remember right but uh and she meets I'm, gonna, her. I'm gonna deduct you a point because seance lady is an affront and an insult to all mediums across the world that's fair as long as it's not because i can't remember her name no i'll, I'll take i'll i'll you know humbly accept a ding for not using the term medium no problem well, well you better it's not like I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really don't. But, uh, okay, she meets the medium. And then goes to her house and experiences the actual seance, and shit actually happens. Now, uh, I actually have a question, just a real quick uh, opinion on that. Do y'all think that, uh, given what happens later on, do you think that... it? The, that the medium genuinely summoned the spirit of her grandson? Or do you think that she was doing shit to manipulate the mother? Uh, manipulation. It's facts. Or, I suppose the answer to that could be both. I mean, you can suppose. But you're wrong. <laughs> I, that's why I just suppose. <laughs> but you're wrong. I already knew where Griff was going with that one. <laughs> but okay, so, I, I already felt victim to that. So she she's being pushed in a particular direction. Uh, the medium sends her home with everything she needs to conduct her own seance for Charlie's soul. And uh, I I have never been more jump scared by a random ass noise than I was by uh, Charlie doing her trademark while the mother was driving home after the seance. That fucked me up so bad. It's like, well, that's cool. I didn't need my heart rate to be under 120. That's that's fine. That happens throughout the movie, too. And almost every single time, it's so perfectly placed that despite my aversion to jump scares as a tool, not, in, not aversion, I just, sometimes they're cheap. But these were done... These were very well. These were really well placed. They weren't overdone, which I think is the most important thing with jump scares. But that's a whole other series of conversations. Anyway, uh, she hears Charlie's trademark, you know, tongue click. It scares the hell out of me. And then eventually she goes home and decides, okay, let's let's try the let's try the seance. And these and it works, or at least something happens. Now, naturally, Peter. Uh, her brother is just entirely pissed scared of it because he basically feels her hostility because, you know, he, he killed her. So, of course, she seems pissed. I mean, technically, the telephone pole killed her. That's, yes. You could also argue the deer carcass killed her if you want, but... The series of circumstances. Yes. The but, uh, the regardless of who killed the decisions, her. the poor decisions made that the nut allergy. Oh, can we can we just take a moment to say why the fuck didn't you have the EpiPen, Peter? What the fuck is wrong with you? Why? First off, hold on. You're gonna bring your super allergic sister I, to listen. a party she doesn't want to go to. At least well, bring the goddamn thing that could save he her. He didn't want to bring her. Right? No, he did. Not his choice. 
But whether you no, wanted his something mom, or not. No, 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 no. You, you settled down. His mom should have given him the EpiPen. Yes. That's not, that's yes. not his job or responsibility. Poor kid. A good I'm, brother would have remembered the EpiPen. He's not a good brother. He's not a good brother. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> Who left her I didn't think he was a piece of shit. I just oh. thought he was kind of stupid. I got three words for that. The kitchen conversation. Mm-hmm. Where they're talking at the dinner table. Well, that's more than three words. Well, no, well I had to elaborate. Okay. You think he should have just your throat, man. Held, held his L, <laughs> so to speak? Yes. He's okay, driving the car. Fair. He's responsible. He also left her headless body there for her to find. It's like, dude, what the fuck? That's, so, that's so fucked up. I can't get over how messed up that is. But, um. This should beat his ass. Yeah. He said that shit. It's your fault, ma'am. There's what? one. There's <laughs> only, in, in my opinion, there's one entirely sympathetic character besides, excuse me, two: Charlie and the the father. Um, it, what? <laughs> you don't feel bad for the dad? He just seems like I, a dude I, trying I, to hold his family he's, together he's, and he's just not working out. And over that's not that's not my my protest. My protest is Charlie. You don't think Charlie's a sympathetic? Well, I mean, no. I, I, I sure don't. Just because she snipped, snipped the head off of a bird's carcass. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. That's that's All like right, serial killers. Listen, as a as an expert in serial killers, um, that's some serial killer shit. That's some psychopath, sociopath shit. Yeah, but she also wasn't all there. That's not an excuse. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not all there, and I don't go doing that. Are you possessed by King Payman? Oh shit! I jumped way ahead in the movie. Doesn't matter. We're not going in order. Yeah, that's really. true. But she she is possessed. It's just not completely possessed because to King Payman, she was an imp. What, what was the how was the the phrase an imperfect vessel because he he wanted a male vessel and Charlie was a girl. Do you think that's going to hold up in court when she's arrested twenty five years later for being a serial killer? Well, I mean, King Payman's get, not getting arrested. Well, it'll 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 get her <laughs> off like death row. It'll get it'll get her into psych ward. You know, criminal insanity. Mm. Not guilty by reason of insanity. Mm. Exactly. Mm. So, but we don't like those excuses. Hey. <laughs> you don't have to like it, but it's definitely one they would use. Oh, I'm aware. That is, that is, that is definitely the law. I'm know. very aware. So, uh, shit, shit really does just get worse and worse. There's a series of really, like I said, really awkward conversations. The kitchen conversation. Oh, Christ. Yep. Ugh. All the actors in this were stupendous, I thought. Like, really good at, at this shit. Uh, eventually, let's see, what happens first? Does she look up? They do the seance and shit goes kind of south because Charlie is understandably pissed. And uh, the person she's pissed at is there. Uh, not to mention, since we already talked about King Payman and his uh, him seeking the perfect vessel, uh, I'm not saying Peter was a perfect vessel, but it was the desired, he was the desired vessel. And there's a bit where... Um, uh, the mother's talking to the support group and she talks about how she kept her son away from her mother. So we have to have to assume that that's why Payman uh, was inhabiting Charlie instead of Peter. Because she basically said, no, you can't have my son. You can't go anywhere near him. But she gave up her daughter. Uh, which definitely makes the mother far less a sympathetic character, in my opinion. <laughs> it's like, oof. You just, you just kind of Kind of sacrificed her there, huh? Granted, she had no clue that she was, you know, granting some immortal being a vessel to walk among us, but... Um, I mean, how can you truly know, though, sometimes? About that, you know? <laughs> right, right, how can you know? Uh, I'm not going to sum up everything that happens up until uh, the point where she goes into the attic by shit continues to get weird. Uh, she tries to burn Charlie's picture book. Because she thinks it will it will banish her from this realm, I guess. Except that when she sets fire to it, she catches fire. <laughs> and then great. after now she goes up she goes up into the attic and she finds her mother's dead body. 
and also fuck tons of insects, but, you know, that's to be expected. I mean, if there's a dead body, you Runs runs to her husband and is like, yo, what the fuck? Were there any maggots? I did not see any, except for, I think there was like, there was a little bit of definitely like crawly stuff at the, on her, on her neck stump, if you will pardon the term. Did did that upset upset you? That was not nearly as bad as, as the previous uh, maggot experience because no one pulled any out of their hair. Hmm. Okay. No one pulled any out of their hair and they didn't also accidentally end up with them in their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, but she runs to her husband and is like, yo, you need to destroy this. She's trying to get him to burn the picture book because she can't do it. Because she thinks that she's going to catch fire. She does. Well, finally, he's like, I've, I've put up with this shit long enough. I'm tired of this and of you. She, he didn't say that precisely, but it's essentially, it seems essentially like what he meant. Like, I've, I've catered to this for way too long. She rips the book out of his hands, throws it in the fire, and her husband goes up in smoke is instantly completely immolated unlike when she caught fire just her sleeve caught fire and i guess you could argue that that happened because only the edge of the book was on fire but when she she put it in there that time soaked in lighter fluid which would have dried up way before then but that's another matter um and then uh yeah See, you try you try to make a, a slick comment and you lose track. No, See? no, it's not that. It's uh, I'm I'm trying to I want to sum up because then the mother goes completely. It seems like she is possessed by uh, whether it's by Payman or, and I think I think this is more likely by the spirit of her dead mother. But she right. is full full witch mode. Uh, you see her literally crawling around on the walls, chasing her son. Her son flees to the attic. Uh, and there's some uh, some random, seeming not random ass people. People you see at the grandmother's funeral start popping up completely nude for whatever the fuck reason. Um, and uh, Peter's getting chased. He's getting chased. He sees his mother literally trying to saw off her own head with what looks like piano wire or something. But it's it's a pretty gross, pretty gross uh, effect. Pretty well done. And he finally says, OK, no, I'm done. Fuck this. Jumps out the window of the attic, slams into the ground, presumably and presumably is dead. Actually, not presumably. I think it, they make it pretty clear that he's supposed to be dead because they do the what I like to call the Resident Evil zombie shot, where when you finally kill a zombie blood pulls out from under it <clears throat> and blood pulled out from his head so it's like all right he's done and then you see this uh, white wispy thing enter peter's dead body and he gets up seemingly completely fine goes up into charlie's treehouse where um all the all the random naked people are people that you saw at the grandmother's funeral people that you saw in her book of photos Including one of the creepiest smiles I think I've ever seen. The the short haired dude who's just grinning like a fucking madman every time you see him. Even even at the funeral, he has that same exact look on his face. Presumably because he knows that his uh, you know his lord King Payment is about to enter the world proper. So uh, Peter gets up into the treehouse, but um, the medium is there and she's. She addresses him as Charlie. Because that's who that's who is really inhabiting Peter's body now. It's Charlie, who is actually King Payman. They're all worshiping him. They say, hey, uh, you know, give us all this shit that we need and want, and we will, you know, we will continue to worship you. And uh, they put the crown, put a crown on his head. There's at least two. There's two headless people there on their knees like in supplication and then the movie ends so there's no happy ending oh no well excuse me there there was a happy ending if you were one of king payman's worshipers but everyone else just got fucked yeah it's all about aspect you know it's all about perception yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so how how were you feeling after this movie um Traumatized? Is that uh, that's that's a little too much. Very mildly traumatized, but um, damn man, that's okay. it, like that's a movie you should definitely watch. You know, while it's 
while it's light out. <sighs> like, like we told you to do. Like told to, yeah. But I had to do the penance, so. Okay. I mean, you. I didn't have to, it, but I felt it was right. If somebody yeah. gives you advice. Because believe it or not, we do care about you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, but you're it, also trying to fuck me up. In a good but, age, but, but yeah, but you know we're you know looking out for you in the same vein, right? So thankfully, the second movie wasn't quite as traumatic. Well, with that lead in, let's get into it. What do you think about Midsummer? Also, a pretty good movie. Uh, they worked. They immediately went to work trying to let. Trying to let us know that Christian or Christian, as they keep calling him, uh, fucking sucks in just about every way that is possible. Also, uh, intense personal trauma is a running theme in this movie. Yep. That uh, that scene where where you discover the fate of her sister and her parents is like that's fucking horrible. Especially the shot where uh, the shot of the sister who has gone so far as to tape tape uh, the gas mask essentially to her face, so she just just breathes it in, breathes the car fumes in, and it's like holy fuck, that's terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> now I'm I'm not this this may be telling on me. I'm not sure. Uh, like Christian Christian was talking to you know his buddies, and he and they're like, you wanted to break up with her like a year ago. It's like, well, you should have done it a year ago because once she calls you screaming hysterically because she just found out her sister and parents are dead and her sister's responsible, like you can't really can't really ditch someone at that point. I mean, you could. You could, well, but it's okay, not. You, he, was you, still, he still had the facade up of being a care, caring person in that regard. Yeah. Correct. And honestly, and uh, unrelated to anything, I'm not sure which makes you a worse person. Well, like, uh, that's really bad either way. Yeah, it's all bad. It's it's all terrible, and that's kind of the run, also a running theme of the movie. It's all messed up. They're planning to take this trip to uh, to a village in Sweden because it's the village of one of their friends, and uh, she gets invited along. <laughs> Christian is I love Christian's speech. By the way, this was all of our ideas, and we're all fine with it. So you can immediately tell it's like okay this this guy fancies himself the leader of this little pack of uh of college age males, <laughs> but they also all go along with it. So obviously they don't completely disagree, or they don't want to be that guy who's like fuck you and your personal trauma. Stay home. Yeah. Which would have been me. <laughs> uh, I'm, just, I'm just I'm just being real because I uh, see okay, it's going to bring you down. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Hell is, uh, if he was a good boyfriend, he would have stayed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I agree. So, nothing he would he he does would have made him good. a good guy. With no. If, if he would have stayed, would have been the perfect. But that's it. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Carry on. This guy sucks. And it becomes more and more apparent how much he sucks as the film progresses. Because he's like, I want to do shrooms with all these people. And she's like, can we wait a little bit? And he's like, nah. It, effectively, he pressures her into into doing it. Without yeah. pressuring her. So it's like even shittier, in my opinion. But um, They eventually get to the village. And uh, things just seem kind of... How do I phrase this? Just kind of rustic. It just seems like a small village in the middle of nowhere. In a beautiful country where... There and it's at the time of year where the sun never goes down, and they have to simulate all that with closed windows and such. But um, let's see, what's the the first ritual custom, however you want to phrase it, for, ceremony? There we go. The first ceremony they see is uh, them sending off people who have reached a specific age. They talk about how they have like cycles in their life, like the seasons, from the time you're born till the time you turn 18, and then again to 36, and then 54, and then 72. 70, and it's funny because she asks, uh, the main character asks, what happens when you reach 72? 
And the dude who's from the village, you know, runs his finger across his throat and then laughs like it's a joke. And as it turns out, that ain't no fucking joke. That's yeah. exactly what happens. But it's not like they, they don't murder you. You, uh, you go through the ceremony. <laughs> ceremony. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. It really they is. They don't murder him. Okay. <laughs> they don't push him off the cliff. They jump. And that is the most fucked up scene. That that is messed up. They need, so they, I, what I thought was kind of neat about that is how they left their mark first. And that I, when I saw all those stones on the cliff, I was like, "Oh fuck, are they just gonna get buried under those?" Like I thought they were tombstones at first, and then they showed one close up. And it's like, "Oh no, it's just where they're leaving." They cut their palms open, smear blood all over one of the stones, and that's their mark. Uh, and then they step up to a cliff's edge and jump off of it. When the lady jumps off of it, uh, she... I'm, <laughs> this is going to sound fucked up. She does it correctly. She lands on the rock that it seems like is deliberately positioned below. But it's it, they just pick that spot because, hey, here's a rock for you to jump and smash your head open on. So that you don't lay there and suffer. Well, unfortunately for the, the older gentleman, he misses the rock. Ends up with his leg twisted in a in a really god awful way, suffering from massive head trauma. But he doesn't die, and everyone, all the villagers, start like screaming in agony. Until the uh, who I will call the hammer bearer steps up and puts a swift end to his suffering. And it took me a minute to figure out why the fuck is there someone with a big fucking wooden hammer there? <laughs> and then when the dude landed and didn't die, I was like, oh, that's why he's there. The tourists are naturally freaking the fuck out because, I mean, you just watch two people jump to their deaths. How would you not freak out? I freaked out. <laughs> yeah. The first one, I was like, what the fuck? I don't think it didn't surprise me that much. Well, you had just watched that. You had just watched Hereditary. That's and that and that very much might be why, because I yeah. watched most watched both movies in a row, so I may have been a little bit uh, not immunized, because I was definitely like, "What the fuck?" But it wasn't like the, it wasn't as shocking as it might have been if there had been some number of hours between viewings. When the dude landed and didn't die, though, I was like, "Oh no!" And at first, when the villagers were all crying, I thought it was because like that was a bad omen. Like a sign of ill times to come that he didn't die when he jumped. <laughs> so they're like, so they're like, fuck this, we're leaving. And, um, you know, a couple of them try to leave, and you don't see their characters again until much later in the movie. <laughs> and, uh, oh, let's see. So that's right, uh, a little bit after uh, the next morning, it shows them wheeling wheeling the ashes of these two over to a big dead tree and just uh, dumping them in among them and some idiot goes out there and decides well i need to take a pee hey there's this big dead tree here let's just uh, do that not having any idea that he's literally pissing on the ashes of their ancestors <laughs> and uh i'm not exactly sure what they do to mark but i know it's real fucking unpleasant I'm pretty sure that he gets uh, reconfigured in a way that is very unpleasant. <clears throat> and I, mean, I guess that's the best way to... Someone divests him it. of his jumps. <laughs> there let's, we go. Let's just say it that way. There we go. Somebody removes his his uh, his dong. And also, does the, I don't know what the fuck else they did to him. It seems like they cut out his tongue and probably just drugged the shit out of him so he could still kind of function, at least mechanically. Um, their other friend, who seems like a decent enough dude who gets completely fucked over by Christian, might I add, um, just does something stupid, takes photographs of their holy text when they explicitly, expressly said, no, you no, you can't do that. And um, gets, his, gets his head crushed. As for lack of a better term, he gets he gets brained. He gets brained. I'm, now, uh, do y'all know who actually does that? Is it zombie zombified ish Mark, or is it the kid? Uh, I thought it was Mark. Well, it was. It was. Well, they were wearing his face. Yeah, it was. 
so technically it's Mark's face. On yeah, somebody. you don't know who, was, who did it. Okay. Because I genuinely wasn't sure after that. I was like, well, I know that man is dead, but uh, right. I'm not sure who actually was responsible. Yeah, he, he pulled a... Uh, he pulled a Dwight from the office moment. I'm sure glad I missed the episode where Dwight put on what? his face. I'm, I'm being facetious. Oh. <laughs> Negative point. Wow. Okay. All right. So, uh, in the in the meantime, uh, our lady protagonist the whole has the whole time just been experiencing life in this village, and she gets roped into. Uh, Oh, hang on. I can't skip I can't skip what is one of the most awkward conversations I've ever seen in a movie when Christian gets brought in to the uh, matriarch's hut and she's like, "You've been approved to mate with uh, one of our one of our villagers." And he's just like, "Excuse me." <laughs> uh, qu'est-ce que c'est? Pardon, fuck. <laughs> uh, what? And he just kind of walks out being very confused. And the uh, the person that he's been approved to mate with has been literally trying to bewitch him. Like the whole time, but uh, our lady friend gets roped into the May Queen contest, which is essentially they—it's a—it was a legend that they danced until they died to fend off, you know, their equivalent of Satan, I guess, for lack of a better term. So they dance until they fall over in tribute, and whoever's the last, whoever's the last one left is the May Queen. The May Queen has a very important role. For one thing, they basically pranked the shit out of her by being like, here, eat this whole salted herring <laughs> at once. It's like, what the hell? Stop that. Like, who thinks eating a salted herring is a good idea in the first place? Well, hold on. I want to I take that back, and I want to apologize to any uh, <laughs> Nordic... Yeah, there's a, Given listen. what happens in the rest of this movie, you fucking better. <laughs> All right, That's a so, major point for leading into the mic. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I almost just did it again. This <laughs> um, isn't points left or right now. Uh, the May Queen goes around blessing, blessing their crops, blessing their livestock. Uh, meanwhile, her boyfriend is busy blessing someone else. Oh, hey, double on Padre. In a in a very very weird another we another ceremony. It it really is just a ceremony. Where you have a bunch of other other uh, other ladies there, along with the one that he's been approved to mate with. He's been drugged uh, pretty thoroughly at this point, so he's just like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> so, uh, for lack of a better term, he goes, and they're uh, they're again the. It seems to be the feeling anytime someone has some kind of strong feeling, whether it's pain or pain or uh, sadness or ecstasy everyone around them shares in it which is okay that's interesting my f- now I have to mention this because it was very funny to me my favorite part of that scene is when the older lady uh, gives him a push <laughs> I, was, I was just like okay <laughs> I felt like they just wanted to put in that little bit of comic relief because it's interspersed with scenes of the 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 uh, the protagonist just s- screaming in agony because she feels betrayed right. and she's been betrayed. So that's how she should feel. And all the, all the, all the women around her are also screaming in similar fashion. So that was, that was some interesting stuff. He, uh, he finishes his job and that's, uh, pretty obviously, all that he was there, to, all that he was there for, because he runs away afterwards. They catch him after he's found a couple of other dead people, and throw something in his face that renders him completely helpless. But he's still aware, which, uh, given what happens to him next, I think would kind of suck ass. Put uh, it lightly. So uh, the May Queen is then expected to choose. Are there? I don't. I. Oh shit! I just forgot. Is was it nine? They were supposed to have nine sacrifices, or was it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And some of them had already been chosen because they they chose them by virtue of them, you know, fucking up in their village. And they said, "Okay, well, you just volunteered. Thank you." And then there were actual volunteers. 
because it was it uh, by my estimation the ones who volunteered from the village like it was a it was a great honor to be able to because do. they're fucked in the head just say it uh, a little bit a little bit their customs are not like ours to put it put it mildly um i'll take that explanation but, but then the last one is chosen by the may queen and she could have either chosen someone who lived in a village who would have basically been exalted as a result, or she could pick the motherfucker who fucked her over. And, uh, well, what do you think she does, guys? What do you think happens? Bum, 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 bum. Yep. So, um, our buddy Christian, the next, he's still completely unable to react to anything. All that, all that. Basically, he's just aware, but unable to move or do anything. So he just gets to watch all this happen. Sort of. He gets sewn into a uh, a bear corpse, for lack of a better way to describe it, and sat in the uh, yellow house that they told everyone to stay the fuck away from early in the movie. Which is kind of funny because Mark gets real close to it at some point, but they apparently just don't give a fuck. They just don't want you to go inside. It's important to note at this point that this this ceremony they're doing happens every, what was it, like 90 years? 94 years, something like that. There's a lot of time in between them, so if you're wondering how the hell, if they did this like every year, how the hell would they keep a village? Well, they don't. They do it every 90 years, so they've got time to restock. Yeah, that's a, that's the word I'm going to use. Restock. 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 Wow. Replenish. <laughs> Replenish. Resupply. Yep. <laughs> restock. Wow. Into the house goes um, a number of corpses and three people who are still very much alive. The two volunteers, who I thought they were giving something to them so that they wouldn't feel any pain, and as it turns out, that is not the case. Uh, and then our our buddy Christian gets sat right in the middle. Essentially, he's like, he seems to be like their representation of the monster of they're killing, like killing a monster effectively. One that would otherwise, you know, rear up in their midst and fuck up their society. Uh, and that house gets set on fire and everyone that's in it burns. Christian still can't react at all. So he just burns burns to death, feeling every bit of agony, presumably. And the reason I presume that is because all the villagers outside... Actually, no, no, no. I, I take that back. The villagers start to scream when one of their own starts screaming inside of the house because, you know, he's fucking burning and there's nothing to, numb, to ease his pain. So he starts to scream and then the rest of them start to scream and then it focuses on our May Queen. And our May Queen stares at the house for a minute and then uh, smiles. Smirks may be a better term for that. But she's like, yeah, fuck you, Christian. <laughs> and, uh, and that's the end of the movie. What, a, what an experience that was. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that's one that's one that I, I need to acquire a copy of one of these days. Probably both of them, although I don't know what you'd have to offer me to make me watch Hereditary again. <laughs> Nothing I wrong mean, with that movie. It was good, but it's like, God bless. Yeah, I already said I've never watched that movie ever again. I, I own it, and I have no idea <laughs> if or when I'm going to watch it again. I, yeah, bought it on, I bought it on Blu-ray. That's so much I wanted to own it, but I, don't, I just don't know. Like, I want to support your work, but I also never want to see it again. Which is funny, since both of those movies were directed by the same guy. Oh, is that for a fact? I hope I'm remembering that right. Because I can't remember uh -oh. the dude's name. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That was the next Ari, question. Ari Aster? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Now, are you ready for the kicker? Rob. Kick me. Well, please don't actually kick me, but kick me. Oh, why would I kick you? Like, I can't do that over the internet. Hereditary kicked me. Okay. <laughs> Those were his first two feature films. He came out swinging. He did some short films. But those... Uh, Hereditary is his first feature film. Uh, correct, uh, uh, Griff? Yeah. 
Yeah, those are his first two. He has another one coming out. I want to see it, and also don't. <laughs> also, like, oh, please don't, please don't hereditary me again. Just don't do that. You can midsummer me as many times as you want. That movie was was strange, and it had the you know obviously that scene in the beginning with the sister and the parents was horrible, but it just wasn't. And again, it may have just been because of the order I watched in and. The fact that I watched them both right after the other. Well, his new movie is not a horror movie. Right. Yeah. And oh, he's, okay. He said it, he doesn't know if he's, uh, he's going to do horror again anytime soon. So He did it well. And he's super young. Well, maybe not super young. Compared, to, compared to us. Compared to he us. doesn't want to get uh, pigeonholed. Yeah. Yep. All right. We made it through. We made it through. That's did. right. So, um, well, Rob made it through. Rob made it through. Yes, we we uh, we are here in our spot. Yeah, we didn't watch these movies back to back. In the uh, at night. <laughs> so, uh, see, I, I ran I ran it last week. So, Carlos, want to take us through? So, the guessing portion. Rob, now that you have sat here and discussed the two films that we um, assigned to you for this week's uh, podcast. Would you like to guess correctly? Would I like to guess correctly? Absolutely. That that was the first question. (laughs) All right. So now you are at sitting at negative two points. Okay. So if you guess correctly, you will be back at zero and you will avoid moving up the hot sauce ladder. So, this is important. With that being said, Robert, who do you think assigned which movie? My, and I cannot emphasize the word guess enough. My guess is that uh, Adam gave me Midsommar and that uh, Carlos gave me Hereditary. Hmm. Is that what you think? Kind of. <laughs> Adam, did you hear what his uh, guess was? Yeah, you should tell him what the answer is. Well, I should tell him that our new hot sauce that Rob will be now on the ladder as he has guessed incorrectly again. God damn. Um, so where are we got to now? I really should have known when Griff was like, hey, I've gotten Hereditary on Blu-ray. That probably should have changed my mind. But in my mind, I was like, I think Griff would have appreciated the slow burn more. <laughs> oh, you're 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 right. And also, I oh, picked what I picked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just so, need to get one more right. <laughs> so we are now at okay. Hold on, if I'm correct in my math, guys. Um, we're up to number five, right? Yeah, I I believe so. Oh, which is not a bad one. So you're now at Hot Ones Los Calientes Rojo Hot Sauce. Alright, so some applewood smoked red jalapenos with some citrus and a handful of habaneros. So it's not a bad one. The hot ones usually make uh, good sauces. So you are now on to number five. So you have guessed incorrectly five times. I'm not good at this. (laughs) No, uh, you're not. Just to let you know, again, from this week to next week, the jump is in 17,000 Scovilles. So the heat is coming. All right? The heat is coming. You are only three away from the bomb. Yeah. It's like I know the jumps are big from here on out. I just want I don't want to go higher than 7. And we've already we've already said why. Correct. So you set one with seven is delicious, and I want to try it. I've been try- I want to try that one so bad. Um, but yeah, you're fucked if you get three more wrong. And we don't have that much time left in this. Uh, no, we don't. I'm very concerned, listeners. You because you're not guessing next week, so you're definitely at six already. God damn. If you guess six, actually, let me take that back. You might guess by being lucky. Griff, what do you say about that one? Yeah. Yeah. You might, get, you might get lucky, but um, 
Yeah, next week's a doozy. You thought this was this was some stuff? Is next week the bucket week? Yep. Yeah. Or nope. yeah. that's absolutely what it is. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also the last drive-in week, isn't it? Is that the same week, or is that two different weeks? Um, we will be in touch. Okay. <laughs> we will be in touch. Yeah. And listeners, we will be in touch next time, because this has been another episode of It's Them Damn Enchiladas, the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, you can leave us a non-trifling voicemail at 443-906-0040, or if you don't want to leave your voice out on the internet for somebody to listen to and uh, talk about you can send us a sex at that same number. For more awesomeness, you can check out all our other shows on the Scatterbrain Radio Podcast Network at scatterbrainradio.com. Shout out to podcast producer for the stars, Mark Warren, who has been responsible for making this sound oh so spectacular. So thank you, Mark. You got it! Also, in the shout out uh, land, shout out to Shutter, Microsoft, Yangling, Das Best Oktoberfest, and Bravado Spice for being our future sponsors as us speaking such partnerships into existence. That's right. Forward thinking. Mark it down. Forward thinking. (laughs) And before we go, you know what we gotta do, right? We gotta hear about these weekly fictional fisticuffs of finality, a.k.a. Carlos. Who you fighting? Fucking COVID. Sounds good. Rob? Beat up COVID. All right. Ooh, tag team COVID. That's that. Until next time, please have fun. Stay safe. Be wary. Wear a damn mask. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Hydrate, hydrate. Thank you for listening. And goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.